and welcome to the edition pod. I hope you're doing well after a short summer break on this show. Uh, I'm your host Charlotte Henry and we've got a very exciting episode today. Rolling Stone is one of the iconic media brands and just over a year ago it was announced that there was going to be a UK sister publication for the first time as I understand it and one of those in that brand new team is Nick Riley the news editor at the publication and he joins me today hi Nick how's it going hey I'm good how are you I mean I'm just bearing up in this heat as we speak it's what 35 yeah American I've lost all count of what it is American listeners might think we're whinging about nothing but uh you know, particularly those in kind of places like California or whatever. But here in London, it's rather yeah. warm. But we're, we're okay. Yeah, listen, I'm all right. I'm bearing up. Listen, Nick, we're pros. We can, we'll, exactly. we'll plough through. And because yeah, there's a lot to discuss, because it's been a rather exciting year since it has. Kind of, you know, you guys announced there was going to be this UK publication. Obviously, it's Noah Shackman over in the in the US, who is the kind of editor of, overall of Rolling Stone. But it was a licensing deal that finally brought Rolling Stone to the UK. That's it. Uh, um, and you must have, first of all, when you found out you were joining, so you left one iconic brand, the NME, I believe, to join another. Right. Yeah. That must have been quite an exciting moment. Yeah, it was. Um, and I loved my time um, at NME. It was brilliant. And it still is a brilliant time ever since it went online. Um, but, you know, in the minute that it was announced that a print mag as historic and as iconic as Rolling Stone was going to be launching in the UK. I just thought, right, I've got to be a part of that. That's the thing I really want to do. Um, and so Darren Styles, who is our publisher and um, who is the CEO of Stream Publishing, who also published Attitude, um, I kind of dropped him um, a line and was like, look, I'd love to be involved um, in some capacity. Um, you know, at that point, I was senior news reporter at NME. Um, so then he got back to him and was like, yeah, um, come in for a chat. And it all went from there, really. And it was a really fast process. Um, interview in August starting beginning of September and we had uh, a month to get the mag out um just, just a was... month to create a brand new magazine but exactly no, yeah, yeah, no yeah. No you all, um, yeah no but it was it was great um and yeah the kind of pressure that was involved in that was so exciting and to get um the mag out with the three cover stars that we had we had Sam Fender Bastille and um Lashana Lynch who was obviously very famously in Bond last year and uh, just working to have those three as the cover stars and working on those issues, yeah. Yeah, whatever happened to those guys? That, you know, that little, yeah, I know. That little guitar player, Sam Fender, on that. Uh, yeah, so I think some somewhere in 60,000 at some place in Fringe. Yeah. Or I, I just, I like saw that. him with a Newcastle yeah. United drum set at Glastonbury. So, you know, That's I think it. he's doing all right for himself. I think he is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a pretty amazing year. And I guess, look, it's not like starting a new thing completely from scratch because if you are going to the kind of caliber of cover stars you're describing mm. if you say the words rolling stone people kind of know what that's about right well exactly um it's yes and no i i guess because on one hand obviously you know you've got all the heritage and acts that are traditionally rolling stone us but sometimes you have to remind people that just because an artist or a subject is very much rolling stone us doesn't mean that they will work for us. We you know we are very much our own beast and we are kind of mantra is if it's not something that a UK audience is going to be interested in, that they're going to go for, then perhaps it's not us. And yeah, for sure, we might share the same name. We might share the same master, the same logo and what have you. 
but I think content wise, um, and rightly so, we are two very different beasts. Well, and it's really three different beasts, I understand, because there's also an Australian New Zealand sister publication as well, isn't there? There is. There's Rolling Stone Australia, New Zealand. Um, there is um, one that launched, uh, I think it was last year, um, for Latin America. Um, there's a Germany, there's a France. I think there might be a South Korea. I mean, there's so many of us, um, really, but I guess um yeah the states is obviously original yeah. and the most recognizable and that's the but and it is a hugely recognizable brand so let's talk a little bit about that because you mentioned first of all in your previous job enemy new musical special which was a very very famous music magazine here in the uk um yeah. sort of died came back in a kind of not very pleasant kind of full of ads way not much content and then really rejuvenated itself online to be the kind of music publication that people always loved um and rolling stone both the kind of overall title and your the uk publication that you work on i think have done a really good job as a consumer of making the online product have value but it's not enough to stop you wanting to go to a newsstand or a shop and pick up a beautiful print copy. How do you get that balance between the print and digital offering? How, how do you manage that, getting that balance right? Well, I think there's a few things. I think one of them is there has to be consistency. Um, and so a lot of the time, it's certainly news when I'm determining our daily news agenda, I'm kind of looking at stories and artists and topics and thinking, is this something that could happily sit in the mag and wouldn't be jarring um is it someone for an, an artist that perhaps could be a future cover star and if the answer is yes and it's something that i believe in i think that's another thing if you don't believe in it why would you put it out there why if you don't believe in it why would your readers care about it so i think yeah if it's something that um i think is could go in the mag then it will go online because so i think you know there is a lot of titles where you'll find that there is no consistency and that the online beasts and the print beasts are two very different things and that lack of consistency sometimes undermines a project uh, and a product um whereas yeah i think that's always been the thing for me to kind of have a real consistency across the board and, and, and it does feel because this is even kind of the presentation design if you look at the rolling stone uk website it sort of has the same vibe and feel of, as the magazine and i it, yeah. it and I've heard lots of talk as well. Maybe you can shed some light on this, or maybe you don't want to. Maybe it's a company secret. But um, yeah. there seems to be a lot because, you know, the likes of places like Rolling Stone have such amazing archives over the years. There seems to be a lot of work done to really get the most out of that as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I think in terms of perhaps archive-wise, leaning on perhaps, you know, there's a lot of classic art, American artists um, and there's also a lot of kind of like corroboration. I mean, for example, you know, um, our second cover was um, Adele, and that was a brilliant moment. I've heard of her Adele... too. She's done all right. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, some girl from Tottenham. I think she's there. Yeah, sold not a few bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so for, in that instance, it was uh, we were able to share um, a cover. We had a different cover to the states, but very much kind of sharing the photography and the um, interview. Um, and with that in mind, again, it kind of helps to have that we have links there. So if there's something really exciting, right, yeah, we'll team up with you guys on that. But, you know, obviously there's some things that work in their territory that won't in ours and vice versa. Um, so, yeah, we ha- whenever we can, there is a chance to team up with them and it's something that's worthwhile to us, I think we always will strive to do that. Yeah, and I guess that is when you have, as we talked about, the kind of Rolling Stone brand and Rolling Stone masthead all of that kind of comes together a lot easier. But 
uh, you know, we were sort of discussing off air, you know, there's so much news about entertainment and music industries now. You know, you and I could put a bad name in that we like and we'd find a number of stories, some more reliable than others, that are just being churned out every day. But that's really not, you know, you say you're publishing news stories every day, but that churn is not really the Rolling Stones style. How, when you were building this UK publication, basically from scratch, you obviously had the inspiration from the US uh, publication, but, you know, it was a brand new thing with a brand new team. How did you kind of approach this dealing with, there's so much news coming out of music and entertainment. Um, How do you manage to make it not, how do you avoid that? How do you get out of that hamster wheel and make it have that Rolling Stone in-depth feel? Yeah, well, I think there's a number of things. I think one, um, obviously, you know, um, our team perhaps isn't as big as some publications might be. Um, you know, we are kind of starting from the ground up in many ways. And I think that helps because I guess when we have less firepower, um, it means that we have to be more considered in the stories that we choose. And I think sometimes it's a good thing because it allows it to be more curated. Um, so that, so for example, at the start of the day, I can be like, right, these are the perhaps top seven to eight stories that we should be focusing on. And in that way, it's more curated than perhaps a site where they've got more resources. And sometimes it does feel like they're throwing everything at the board in an attempt for something to stick. Whereas I think because we have a smaller choice, it's more concentrated and it's going to be artists and subjects that matter to us and again going back to what I said of like could they be a cover star could this be an issue that's in the mag I always keep those two things in my mind and yeah it kind of allows it to be more authentic and true to us as opposed to something that's really kind of going to dilute our brand values I think. Yeah and I I guess as well I mean what you're outlining is a very classic quality over quantity type argument and I Mm. guess actually because you're all in the UK and you're all kind of embedded for want of a better phrase in the into the UK music and entertainment scene you can kind of you kind of have if you weren't writing for Rolling Stone you'd be reading it I get the impression with a lot of you guys and so you kind Mm -hmm. of you have that kind of intimate relationship with the audience which I think helps with story selection yeah absolutely um yeah you kind of as I say keeping the audience always at the back in mind and I don't think you're all you you can go stray too far wrong well one of the things that's so fascinating about Rolling Stone is the way it uh, combines the fun and of the music and entertainment world with big investigative reporting and um, you know political scoops and I want to talk to you about that Nick but first of all I want to say thank you to our sponsors today business capital providers could your business use additional cash flow to help it grow or just get through a temporary rough spot if so our friends at business capital providers may be just the help you are looking for they specialize in funding small and medium-sized businesses quickly without lengthy paperwork or strict collateral requirements go to bcproviders.com addition to find out how you can get funded for as much as $250,000 in as little as 72 hours. You must have been in business for one year and produced revenue of at least $25,000, but the process is quick and easy. A one-page application requiring six months of bank statements. Business capital providers give fast results. 
with no collateral required. When banks say no, business capital providers say yes. Visit bcproviders.com slash addition. Thank you to them for sponsoring the show. I'm back with Nick Riley, the, the news editor at Rolling Stone UK. We've been talking about how they brought Rolling Stone finally to the UK properly. And we're very pleased to have it. But, um, you know, we've talked a lot in this conversation about the distinctive feel of Rolling Stone. And one of those things is that, you know, that combination of entertainment and music, but also some really big political deep dives. Obviously, here in the UK, as we're talking, there's a lot of politics going on at the moment we're going to have a new prime minister and all that kind of thing but there's all sorts of other things you know I, I i can see on the rolling stone website that you are indeed uh covering the race for the conservative party leadership and thus who will be the prime yeah. minister but there's all sorts of other things in that how how do you go about striking that balance and making it feel cohesive as a as a product because you know necessarily the person who's going to replace Boris Johnson and the person who you think is going to headline Glastonbury in two or three years' time, on the face of it, don't seem to fit. But there obviously is a way that you make them fit. Yeah, I think uh, my thoughts on that is always, especially when we're covering politics um, for Daily News, it's, um, there's a number of things. One, and uh, Darren with our publisher, our publisher said this at the start, um, it's kind of politics with a small piece. So as much as obviously we are doing that, we have to kind of take consideration of the wider aspects in terms of art, culture, music and film. But also I think with that very much keeping that in mind, it's um, stories that are going to affect people on a daily basis, but that aren't going to get into dragged into party politics. So for instance, I don't know, if there's some big cat fight within the Tory party or a cat fight within Labour, for example, and it's something that's so drilled down into the minutiae of politics that people aren't necessarily going to have too much consideration for, unless you're a kind of proper yeah. politics nerd. Where you've got um, other places where, uh, where you can, you'll, that will cover well, that. Exactly, and they, exactly, they'll be able to cover it and, and in far more depth and authority than perhaps we would have the firepower for at the moment. Whereas if it's stuff that is going to affect our average reader on a daily basis, let, come on, let's be honest, nothing's going to affect more than who's going to be the next prime minister, then we've got a duty to cover that, I think. And yeah, that's always the thing that's always I've been kind of keeping in the back of my mind is to, is this going to affect our audience on a daily basis? And if it is something that it is going to be so, then we cover it. It's always been my Yeah, and, and it is a very d- distinctive thing to publicate. There's a couple of others I can think of, you know, Vanity Fair, is another one that kind of crosses over that investigative journalism plus fashion and entertainment and those things. Um, but, you know, lots of the British music publications will just write about music. You know, I'm thinking of that, that's their thing and that's what people want to read. I'm thinking of, you know, there's DJ Mag, Kerrang, Enemy, you know, these places are rooted in music and that's great. But there's always been something quite unique, I think, um, can't be quite unique, but you know what I'm saying. It's quite distinctive about a brand yeah. like Rolling Stone um, that it does this crossover. I mean, it appeals to mm. me as a reader because it's, you know, it's covering about three of the four things. If you chucked football or sport in there, it'd be all the things I want to read in one place. But um, yeah. it it is a it's a it's a difficult tightrope to walk. But it's yeah, very it, much. It seems it's to me as a reader very embedded in the way you do things. 
Yeah, it certainly is. And also I, um, to give it praise to our um, features editor, Hannah, and obviously our, um, our editor, Cliff, what they've been great at is a lot of they've been kind of, so in the mag, I mainly look after the front section, um, which is the mix, and uh, there's a lot of upcoming artists. But our current affairs section, perhaps in the mag, which they look after more than I do. Um, and yeah, there's some real like interesting deep dives into the stuff that's affecting bottom Britain. I mean, everything from um, in a recent issue we had uh, Fogel Sharkey from the Undertones, who's obviously been um, a big proponent of um, how our British rivers and waterways are being polluted. And so we've had everything from him speaking on that all the way through to uh, what's going to happen for Labour in a pre-Corbyn era. Um, and there's so many others. And I think, yeah, um, that tightrope is, as I say, ones that is it going to affect you on a daily basis? If it is, then I think it's very much us. If it is something that's perhaps more in the, embedded in the minutiae of politics, perhaps yeah. not. And I think that that's always kind of served us I quite well. I once met Fogel Shark, actually. I'll tell you that story off air, but it was a very nice man. I'm sure <laughs> you had fun interviewing him. I bet you. Let, yeah, let's he talk about, come on, let's be honest. We're pretending this is hard work. Yeah. Come on. I've seen your Twitter feed. I've seen your Instagram posts. There's a lot of fun gigs going on there. There is a lot of fun I've gigs. I've seen the I pictures mean, from going... Glastonbury, Nick Riley. Yeah, I mean, like Glastonbury was just amazing this year. I mean, it obviously always is a treat. And like, you know, you always go there and it is a little bit Disney-fied. And I only say that in the way that everyone is so happy to be there. And they say Disney is the happiest place on earth. I, For my money, I think Glastonbury is the happiest place on earth. And it always has been that way. And everyone's so happy to be there. But I think after COVID, everyone just seemed so much more appreciative and everyone was just so happy. There was just such a good vibe all weekend. Um, and thankfully, the weather held out as well. It's always good. I wasn't expecting a washout, but we did get one. <laughs> yeah, fact, that would have been... Back, I came back with sunstroke, which was the opposite to what I was expecting. So, uh, yeah, that wasn't fun. But, um, yeah, it was fantastic. And again, um, it was the kind of thing where we kind of, you know did a lot of like social takeovers. Um, we were kind of like reviewing all the main headliners. So, and, you know, there was how, Describe what you mean by social takeovers. Who was involved with that? Yeah, so our um, social team um, led by our social uh, editor, Holly, was kind of, you know, getting talent if they're there on the ground, asking a few questions and they can be like, right. So for example, we had Youngblood um, say like, hi, I'm Youngblood. You're watching Rolling Stone UK. Ones where it's perhaps more tailored and gives a little bit of an insight into what's happening on the ground at Glastonbury, as opposed to being like, right, here's so-and-so performing on this stage, which you can get anyway. You have to kind of find a niche. And ours was perhaps offering a little bit of a kind of tailored behind the scenes look at things uh, for people that hadn't got tickets. Uh, and of course, that again helps differentiate you from the sister publications. You know, as you say, the big interviews with stars like Adele, can run across yeah. the Rolling Stone, uh, you know, stable. Whereas exactly. the British team on the ground at a major UK festival is a very yeah. distinctive thing that you and your colleagues can offer. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and again, yeah, that it's uh, obviously Glastonbury, there is going to be some crossover. And there was a few bits of content, I think it was like up on McCartney Review, that the states were happy to share on their social, because obviously it's McCartney. Um, and I think maybe they might share a Billy Irish review, I can't remember. Uh, um, yeah. But certainly there is inevitably going to be crossover because it is just the biggest festival in the world. So, yeah. Um, go on then, let's do some quick fire questions. While we're on okay. this, favourite yeah. ever gig? I might, if I'm feeling generous, I might answer these as oh. well. Go on. 
Um, my favourite gig uh, was Paul McCartney at the O2 in December 2018, and this was the one where he brought out Ringo on drums and Ronnie Wood on guitar uh, to do Get Back, and it was yes. just incredible, because I think that was the first time I'd seen McCartney, and when Bowie died, I'd always kind of been like, right, you know, that's the wake up that your heroes aren't immortal. Uh, they will shuffle off this mortal coil at some point. So I was like, right, I've got to make it my mission to see McCartney. Not that, you know, I mean, he's still fit and uh, I don't want to put a curse on him. What are you doing, but, um, Nick? You know, right. he is. Yeah, I know. Stop. <laughs> but, um, and I've seen him twice now. But yeah, that one for me was even better than Glastonbury. And Glastonbury was incredible. But because it was the first time I hadn't seen him, yeah, that's the best gig I've ever very been good. to. Very good. I think I'm going to go either Metallica and I think it was at Earl's Court. Amazing. It was pretty amazing. Or yeah. the Stones at Twickenham. Oh, which yeah. Which is pretty spectacular. Yeah, um, okay. Go on then. If you're, you've got this new talent as well, what, which band should we okay. be streaming? Well, as soon as people stop listening to this show, they should jump into their music um, and go to the- who. Of all the new bands this year, um, the one I'm loving the most, I can't stop with the top album, is Yard Act from Leeds, um, who obviously kind of that very much in the style of that post-punk spoken word, which seems to be style which is very in vogue at the moment. But I think they have their spin on it is unlike anything else I've ever seen. It's like melodic in places to the extent where uh, Elton John's a massive fan and he even jumped on with them to re-record one of the tracks on their album, um, which came out um, a few weeks back. So yeah, I can't stop listening to Yard Act from Leeds and the debut album, The Overload, came out in January, which I thoroughly recommend. It's one of my albums of the year. Well, hopefully that will introduce them to some American listeners to this show as well. So that will be fun. And what do you think is next? What's the big plan for Rolling Stone UK? You know, you you've here. You've been here nearly a year. You've established. Yeah. People, you know, get what you're about now. People, are, I think people like having the kind of UK specific focus. What? Yeah. So what, um, what's next? How do you build on that? Well, there's a few things. I mean, I don't know how much I can say, but certainly oh, there's a few things. Fine. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what there. There's, but there's like, there's a, a few things. That, in the pipeline are kind of going to be like our next big steps and they're really exciting and um, some of which are happening before the year is out and um, which is going to be really good um and then i think continuing the uh quality of the magazines perhaps again with cover stars um making sure that we're getting ones where the biggest and the best and also the first look so for example our um 1975 cover with Matty Healy um came out last Thursday and that's the first um, major interview of that campaign um that they've done and for a band on that scale is a real kind of get for us it was a real win so I think yeah to be a place where we kind of be like a natural home and the respected home for big exclusive first interviews um with artists and I think as long as we keep doing that and that consistency and quality remains there um I think the future is very bright yeah. indeed You've referred quite a lot, and I'm sort of rather reassured by it, actually, to the kind of focus on that print publication every month, having a glossy product that you and the team are proud of. How how does that fit in with the kind of modern media environment? We've discussed the kind of news churn, but also I'm thinking things like video. You've mentioned social how do you mm. strike the right tone of 
making sure this, you know, a small team, you making sure you have the high caliber print product that people frankly expect from anything branded Rolling Stone. Um, yeah. Um, with what people expect kind of in an online environment as well. Yeah, so it's a funny one. So I think in terms of consistency and quality, certainly with the mag, um, I think it's building up a good network of freelancers, people that you know are going to be able to turn out stories um, and interviews to uh, one, to a deadline, but to give uh, clean copy and that, you know, requires very little editing, perhaps a little shine here and there, but you know we're going to be great and really consistent for the mag. Um, and also I think, you know, there's been a lot of talk because like in the last few years about magazines and where the print is dead um, and maybe it's just the romanticist to me I don't think it is dead I think a lot of the magazines that died perhaps died because you know for whatever reason be it the money not being there um, they lacked in quality and focus and I think you know our thing is we have to have focus and a lot of love both for, for the covers the cover stars and the, the content that's in it and I think if you create something that is to the highest quality and you consistently do that then the audience is always going to recognise that and that's going to be reflected in people buying it. And so far, um, the feedback we've had um, from industry and consumer alike seems to really reflect that. Um, and then Do you again, think that's to the yeah. detriment? You know, you talked about the kind of social work you guys did at Glastonbury. Do you yeah. think, you know, the it's the, the focus on things like that high-quality print mag to the detriment of, say, building a huge Rolling Stone UK youtube channel or you know being the biggest music account you in uk or on tiktok you know that kind of thing yeah i mean that's a funny one in terms of youtube and tiktok obviously that's not really kind of my area no. um, expertise um so it's never something i've been really involved in developing and um, so i can really comment on that but what i do know is that um when the obviously the print side and the online side go hand in hand because our biggest pieces from the mag um will always um be uploaded onto the site and with a dedicated kind of like social rollout plan given to the bands and their prs to be like right this piece from the mag be it the cover or another artist is going live on x date we give them everything they need so that they can share it and then obviously it's going to be a massive boost for traffic um putting the content online that people are going to want to read so if there's good content from the mag it's going to be good content online i think so i think there's a lot of yeah and i've also noticed actually rolling stone the main rolling stone us rolling stone and rolling stone australia are both part of apple news plus as well which is quite fun hopefully uh the uk mm. publication will find its way into news plus as well yeah for sure um yeah. so yeah i suppose there's lots of different ways to reach your audience but it's we should always remember, just because it's an old brand, you're, you specifically are a rather new publication. And it's, um, well, I'm really pleased to have spent a bit of time hearing about it. And you, you can tell me those secrets that are coming off when yeah. I've stopped hitting record. But I uh, I do look forward to yeah. hearing all about it. Um, Nick, thank you so much for joining me. No, thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Tell people where they can keep up with you, um, your rants about our mutually loved, loathed football team and your work at Rolling Stone. Exactly. So obviously rollingstone.co.uk. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, all the usual places, um, at Nick J.W. Riley. Um, and then our sixth issue 
of Rolling Stone UK with Matty Healy um, on the front is out in all good news agent shops now. WH Smith is a great place to get it. Um, I know you can always find it there. Um, so yeah, go and buy it. Um, have a look at our website, see what we're doing, and hopefully you like it. Well, I look forward to getting my hands on a nice glossy copy of that. Uh, I'm at Charlotte A. Henry on Twitter. And obviously, if you're listening to this show, you know how to listen to a podcast if you're listening to an app. If you're listening to it via Substack, you can go into your favourite app and follow along with the show there. And I hope you do so. Search for The Edition or The Edition Charlotte Henry. And you should find me. Thank you so much, Nick, once again. Thank you so much to everyone for listening and supporting this new publication. And I'll see you all next week. (laughs) 